everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Oh, hey, Todd. Dr. Wicknell, how are you? Peachy. Doing Good. Just peachy. I had a conversation with a client the other day, which this this kind of conversation isn't entirely unusual. I'm curious if you had this. It's pointing out to a client how often they've said they're sorry since they've entered the room. Mm. Have you ever done that? I love having this conversation. <laughs> I make it a point <laughs> yeah. to bring this up if it's yeah, it's a good conversation to have. Yeah, I think it really is. It really, it really is. Yeah. Um, so this has happened to you where you've you've almost paused and said, Do you realize how many times you've said this since you've come into the room? I'm sorry. I'm going to cut you off right there. And we're going to talk about how often you say I'm sorry. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, and even have, there are even situations where I do it too much. And so it's something I try to be aware of with myself. But yeah, it's certainly something that comes up a lot in therapy and especially um, working with uh, anxiety a lot. I tended to see this um, quite a bit. So I wonder if there's an interesting connection there too. Yeah, well, I know, I know culturally, I think, you know, we just kind of, we use this phrase a lot. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, in a lot of situations where we're really not specifically apologizing for our behavior, and I and I think that's, um, but we do kind of say sorry, I'm sorry, in, in in these little kind of interactions where we're really not trying to own the mistakes we've made. It's more of a pleasantry almost, or a um, kind of a social lubricant f- phrase for getting through certain situations. Totally. But, I, but there are individuals who really do kind of say, I am sorry, and are offering an apology when it's um, excessive, extremely yeah, excessive. Yeah, I think, too. well, I think the, the language part is actually important because I, I think that's a big mm-hmm. root of this is that I can think of, so obviously saying I'm sorry, one function of that phrase is it's an admission of guilt and, and usually sort of an intention of like, an intentional guilt too. It's like yeah, so very I've, much, yeah. I've done this thing that's wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And even kind of like, I want to make it up to you, something like that. It, it carries those connotations. So that's one, that's like the, the strict definition of I'm sorry, right? Mm-hmm. But then we also, as you sort of alluded it to, we sometimes we use it just very casually as this like, um, it's almost like, excuse me. Like, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. You know, like it's just kind of this casual, like you said, sort of social lubricant. It, it, yeah. Things running smoothly. And then also we use it in this way that to me, it's like, it's like an expression of empathy, right? So you say yeah. like, oh, you know, I'm like my car broke down on the way to work and I was, you know, super late and I had to call these clients and reschedule and like, God, it was just a pain. I said, oh, I'm sorry. That sounds awful. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm, I didn't do anything wrong. Right. I, yeah. I'm, so it's, it's a weird phrase because we're making it do so many different jobs. So yeah. it's, yeah. it's not surprising that we end up using it in situations where we don't actually mean that the sort of technical version of it. Right. Ah, yeah. Yeah. I see what you're alluding to here as far as it, that maybe um, that maybe people with anxiety, as you pointed out earlier, may use this phrase for the, for a similar reason. They've, they've confounded the meaning. Yeah. I mean, I think we all do it. It's possible that people who struggle with certain things do it, like anxiety, do it more than others. Um, but yeah, I just think that's my first like starting point with this conversation is like, try to be kind of validating. We're like, yeah, it makes sense that oh, we okay. would get kind mm-hmm. of like 
uh, caught up in weird knots with this phrase and, and mm-hmm. saying, I'm sorry when we, when that's not actually appropriate. And, um, mm-hmm. because just linguistically it's, it's a, it's a confusing word. It does a lot of different things. And there's probably, and the other thing too, is uh, unlike the excuse me example, the expression of empathy one is tricky because we don't really have another word for doing that. Mm. There, there really isn't another word that's like, like aside from like, uh, I feel you, bro. Or like, you know, yeah. <laughs> there's no, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's or, no real, let me offer you my condolences or my, regards yeah, that's, that's or like grief, my specifically. Or, so, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, more there, grief sounding. Yeah. But, but there is some kind of acknowledgement of, I can see you're in pain and I, yeah, I, uh, I wish that wasn't the case or something. Yeah. I'm yeah. acknowledging that that's unfortunate for you. You know, yeah, I want yeah, you to yeah. know that I know that you're having a hard time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's so no good word. Of, sorry. So we say, I'm so sorry. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, but then it becomes confusing. I think we end up mix like crossing those two wires and it, yeah, that can become an issue. Um, so, I, so where, where else do you kind of take this conversation? Like how else does this show up for you? Well, in the case of like uh, someone with anxiety or even social anxiety, uh, specifically um, um, disorders where you see people who are kind of constantly thinking about what other people might be thinking about them or thinking about how their behavior has impacted somebody else and how that person might be put out by what they've done. And um, saying I'm sorry almost reinforces this idea that they're causing this huge imposition that they mm. constantly need to be apologizing for. And it reinforces that kind of mind reading thought process that sets in with social anxiety. Um, and you get these kind of constant apologies for um, their imagined um, imposition that they're putting on other people. And so uh, a client might be late for a session, let's say, and that's fine. It's people are late for sessions occasionally. And it's an appropriate thing for someone when they do arrive to say, I'm sorry, I was late. Yeah. And you would expect maybe something like that, some kind of social pleasantry to that regard. And, um, you know, I would meet that with, that's not a problem. You're a whole two minutes late, you know, it's fine. And, and then you would get repeatedly (laughs) apologize. You know, they might apologize three or four times. I'm so sorry. I'm just running late. And I am so sorry. And then you close the door and they're, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm just so unsettled and I'm so sorry. And um, like, what's that really about? <laughs> yeah. <Right>. So <laughs> at some point you're going, what's going on, but I, yeah. And, and, and often it's a really good conversation that then leads to some, some good homework of kind of monitoring that a little bit and um, learning, you know, some often those individuals don't realize how often, uh, their apologizing and how that might come off. Uh, yeah. To other so people, one way I think about it is like, what is this symptomatic of what underlying process is this symptomatic of? And so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like ones that come up for me a lot are, it's very correlated with a lack of assertiveness, right? Mm-hmm. So you're, you're so focused on what other people want or need or how you hope that they feel or whatever, that you're actually, you're, you're ignoring your own wants and needs. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you're just mm-hmm. totally focused. You're way too focused on other people, particular things about other people you have no control over. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, and, and so what that, what that can be symptomatic of is, well, oh, this person needs to work on being more assertive, right. Mm-hmm. Just in, in sort of general, it can, it can also really be a, like a people pleasing or sort of reassurance seeking mechanism. So it, which, which is emblematic of, um, or, or, or signifies kind of a low distress tolerance. Right. So the idea that like I was late to therapy and like, maybe that kind of annoyed Todd 
And like, who knows? Maybe it did. That's not unreasonable to think that you were like mildly annoyed that someone was late uh, for mm-hmm. the second time in a row or something. Mm-hmm. Right. But if that, if I, if, if the thought of like you being a little bit annoyed is just intolerable to me, I like, go, I, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. What you're trying to do there is alleviate that sense of guilt. Mm-hmm. When in, or, or, or your fear, fear that you're, someone else is upset. Right. Mm-hmm. When in reality, like that's, it's normal. Like if you, yeah, if you show up late multiple times, like it's not unreasonable to think someone's going to be a little bit annoyed with you. And like, that's a bummer, but it's, it's not something you need to do anything about beyond like apologizing once and trying not to do it again. <laughs> so it's, it, it, it reflects an unreasonable, almost kind of like emotionally perfectionistic attitude of like, it's not okay for me to feel bad right now. I need right, to do right. something to make sure that they don't feel bad about me so that I cannot feel guilty anymore. Yeah. I, to prevent a very kind of, um, uh, perpendicular angle, but also complementary in a weird way. Um, I, I see that as kind of robbing other people's authentic reactions to things. Mm-hmm. You know, if I, I, I see that apologetic behavior sometimes in, in people as a way to manage what other people might be feeling. I don't want you to be mad. So I'm going to apologize 500 times. So yeah. you won't be mad at me, you know, and hopefully that makes you not mad at me because please, God, don't be mad at me. Um, because I feel uncomfortable because I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And I don't want you to be mad at me. And, and, um, I, as you said, I might have every right to be frustrated with the client or, or have whatever feelings I want there. And I would, I would, would rather, you know, uh, manage my own experience of that and, and not leave that up to you. You know, and I often tell people that after too many apologies, let me go ahead and manage this, my own emotions around what what just happened um, without yeah. your kind of um, trying to manipulate them for me. Let me, <laughs> let me kind of do that. And I think what, what you find is that as you allow people to have their own emotional experience, you're freer to have yours. And you see that other people can do pretty much just fine with you yeah. being two minutes late and, 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 or with other things, people can, people can be angry and be okay. And people can be sad and be okay. And you don't have to manage people's emotions. You, you can be uncomfortable with other people feeling uncomfortable and it ends up okay. Not super fun yeah. necessarily, but like it doesn't last forever and like things turn out okay. And like being, being emotionally uncomfortable is a bummer, but it's not necessarily dangerous, right? It's not gonna, it's not gonna hurt you. Like nothing terrible is necessarily gonna happen. Um, but, and you, you might understand that intellectually, but if you never give yourself the chance to learn that experientially, Mm-hmm. right? Then you're always going to feel as if that's the case, right? Yeah. That it's not okay for me to keep feeling bad or for someone else to feel bad, right? Yeah. Or that I need to apologize until somebody else has given me the all clear that they're yeah. really not mad at me. And, and, right. um, you, you know, I mean, it, it, allowing other people to have their own emotional experience is, is a powerful thing that you don't have to do anything really to do. True that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think the, if I had to kind of like zoom out on this, I think that if this is something someone's listening to this and you feel like, "Mm, yeah, I think I do like say, I'm sorry a lot. Like I would just say like, it's look at that functionally, which means look at it mechanically. It's that's doing a job. It's doing something for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Why do you, why do you get in that habit? Well, it's doing something for you. We've just talked through a bunch of different things that that, that kind of verbal habit could be doing. So I think the key is just, yeah, just try to ask yourself, like, what am I getting out of this? Like, what is this doing for me? And is there, do I really need that? Um, is there a better way to handle this thing that 
saying I'm sorry is is sort of I'm I'm using. Yeah. Well, and it might be good to kind of um, become more aware of when you're about to say those words and then kind of pause and say, are there other words that might be a more accurate um, fit here? You yeah. know, did I do something wrong? Um, am I really trying to say I'm sorry? Or am I trying to say something else that I don't quite have the right words for? Um, and, and let me give it a shot some other way. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks. Thank you.